Welcome back, everybody, to the Off Top Podcast, otherwise known as the Messiah Jury's Bugging OD today, ladies and gentlemen, podcast. I'm here with my guy, Lo. Introduce yourself. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Lo. We back with another episode of All Top Podcast. Agent is going to host it, you know, this time, but you already know who the main character is. I'm the main character. You already already know who the main character is, people. You know who the main character is. All right. Me so serenading I, you. Me, me serenading you every every single time we drop a pie. <laughs> okay, that was great. Yo, uh, there was some shit that popped off, and I haven't really been keeping up much with like the NBA news since there wasn't like there wasn't much to really pop off, but there there was a little bit, and uh, I want to talk to you about it because there's this one player in the NBA low that I think I don't even know how he's in the NBA still. I'm be honest with you, bro. And I was busy clowning him all last season. And it seems like now he's made his way on to the Raptors. Do you know which player I'm talking about? Who? Greg Monroe. Oh. You didn't hear my guy? Greg Monroe's oh on the Raptors. God. When he was on the Celtics, I clowned him. I said, I don't know how he fits in the NBA. I get that the Raptors moved Pirtle in the deal to get Kawhi. But to pick up Greg Monroe, who, like, he was eyed on the Bucks, but the Bucks was trying to move him for a while, and they couldn't find a team to pick him up. And last year, he was the average player, and I clowned him all last year because he can't shoot the three ball, can't shoot mid-ranges, he's not a fantastic rebounder, he's not great in the low post, he's not good at any one thing. And I don't know what he's like, In maybe he's so great in the locker room, everybody just overlooks that. Maybe he's the glue that keeps teams together. But they picked him up, and he used to be like an 85 overall player, man. So, he, I know he's fell off, he might be like a 73, 72 overall now. I wanted to get your thoughts on it, man. I don't know. I feel like he was a solid pickup. I've I've never, you know, I'm not the one to hate on Greg Monroe's because I think he's a, a solid player. Um, at least especially coming off the bench, having that bench option. Players like Greg Monroe and uh, Enos Cantor is another great example. Have become almost you know pointless in today's NBA to a, to a degree, especially in the starting lineup. So moving them to the bench and having them come off the bench, not to a degree entirely. What's what purpose does he serve that you can't scoring. get from plenty scoring, of other guards? Scoring, scoring and rebounding. You think he's? <laughs> I'm just I'm telling you what I mean, okay. because I mean that's the same thing that Enos Cantor brings. Enos Cantor is not a no. Nah, you can't Can- compare those two. But I'm just saying Enos Cantor is not a he's not a good defender. He's not he's not even really a defender at all. He doesn't. He's not like a, a good passer. He's not that athletic either. Um, but he puts the ball in the bucket and. Quite frankly, there's a lot of guards who do similar things, who have similar weaknesses. So if you can get a big that can do it more efficiently, I understand where where people kind of, you know, where, where well, teams kind of come from. I just think, like, why don't you stretch Siakam? Or, I'd, I'd even put in Lucas Naguera before I think about picking up a player like Greg Monroe. On top of that, he's not a player you can move easily. I feel like the only reason, I can't even think of a reason to pick him up, actually. Maybe they're trying to move Jonas, and they want some depth at the center position, but they already moved Pirtle, so that's risky. Maybe that's why they picked up Monroe. But out of all guys, that's him? That's the guy. They don't really need much from a center. They kind of just need somebody like Jonas who can shoot mid-ranges every once in a while, make a couple moves in the low post, and who's a good defender. That's it. That's all that's really needed. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't even think he's going to get any pl- that much playing time, though, to be honest with you. He'll get at least, like, well, I... I, I I don't know no more neither because Dwayne Casey's not there no more. I don't know what Nurse is going to do. Because in the past, I would say, like, Dwayne Casey's pretty inconsistent with his minutes that he gives players. Uh, 
but I don't know anything about Nick Nurse's playing style, etc. We've never seen him head coaching anybody in the NBA. Exactly. So we'll see. Maybe we'll find some more consistency. I know. I, I was pissed I think, off. I think you're blowing it That's way out of proportion. I don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal to be honest with you. I I hate this move more than I disliked Demar. Uh, De, De, Carol Demar, Demarcus Demarius. Fuck Whoa, that guy. I don't crazy. really care about his first name. More than I dislike Carol's fifty million year contract. I'm serious. I dislike this move more than that. I don't know. I just again, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I think you're blowing it way out of proportion. To be honest with you. All right. So anyway. Besides the point, I want I asked you about this off the pod just because I thought it was funny, and uh, there was a rumor that kind of blew up on Twitter that Blake Griffin, the one and only, the future comic, was paying two hundred fifty-eight thousand or something, like two hundred eighty thousand a month in child support, which would be ludicrous even for an NBA player. It's not though. And then, huh? It's not though. It's not that ludicrous. The, that amount, the amount of not. money he getting paid, it, it makes sense. He better make sure. Well, what could you better, possibly he better, he better, give he, a kid? Yo, he better make sure his comedy career um, <laughs> take off. <laughs> <laughs> what could you possibly give a kid? On top of the insane taxes he's gonna have to deal with, there's a, literally a three million. If that it wasn't true, the real number was around thirty thousand. But if that number was true, though, he'd be getting paid more than actual NBA players like Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose. Well, here's a, here's wild, a th- again like. The only reason why I say it's not that big of a deal is because if you pause and you think about it, if if Blake if, if the child was in Blake Griffin's life, Blake Griffin would have that money. It's not it's not like the it's not like the money would be not in the child's life if Blake Griffin was um if he had custody of the I child. I get it, but he wouldn't he wouldn't be spending is she, like you see what I'm saying? Like who spends Two hundred fifty-eight thousand or two two hundred thousand on it. Who spends that much on a kid? What could you possibly give him for that amount? You could literally go to Toys R Us and buy their whole fucking inventory before they go bankrupt. Before you run out of money in the first I was month. Toys R Us doesn't then, exist anymore, but you got it. Yeah, month two, maybe you pull up to the store, get a Rolls Royce for the kid. Month three, maybe you get a bedazzled stroller. You run out of Hot Wheels. You got all the Hot Wheels in the world. You've collected all the Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon cards. Like you're gonna run out of stuff to buy with that kind of money. And you could be like, maybe she's not using all of it. Maybe she's saving it. Maybe she's using it on herself. But then why is he having to give that money for rent? Does that count? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I like. I just. I think it's just the, the lifestyle. I think that's what it is, bro. Ah, I feel like too many NBA players are getting trapped, man. Uh, even if it's thirty thousand a month, more reasonable, but that's still a lot for a fucking kid. Thirty thousand a year, I'd be like. All right, he get all the toys and food he could possibly need with thirty thousand that year. I don't know. That's maybe. In my, I guess I'm the weird one, Low. That's that's wild to me. And he's not the only one that that's happened to. It's been happening to a lot of NBA players, man. I'd be careful about. Honestly, if I was an NBA player, I wouldn't have a kid until after I retired. I'm being honest. I don't know. Is I, I just I don't I honestly don't think it's that much. You take into consideration how much um how how much it would it would cost for um if it was like a regular person like the amount of money. Percentage wise, it's 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 not the same. It's it's a false equivalency, bro. No, nah, Blake Griffin has to pay higher taxes. So if you're talking straight up, I don't know what Blake, I don't know what tax bracket is in California, LA, but in Canada, they rail you hard once you start making like six figures. Once you pass ninety thousand, you get destroyed. And then there's brackets above that. And I know, in like you guys have is is pretty different in America, but. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was losing thirty five, forty percent on tax. On top of that, on top of all the stuff he wants to buy and. 
right? Live his life and have fun, buy vehicles and ex- like you see what I'm saying, man? I just I feel sorry for the guy, man. You hear stories like Antoine Walker blowing like hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of his but career the, gambling. But that's, and, but that's theirs. I mean, that's their that's 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 what they did. That's their decision. Like I don't. No, no, I'm saying Antoine Walker. He brought that on himself. Yeah, I'm about to say. I don't know, man. I, that's that's. I feel like Blake didn't bring this on himself. He he was just kind of a victim of the circumstances. Or just wear a condom. Is that? I mean. I, I mean, I guess. So. I mean, you know what I'm saying. So. That's what you could do. You could wear a condom. <laughs> Okay, all right, man. Lo, uh, there was information that came out about Kawhi. Uh, nobody knows when he's going to return, but word is that by the start of the new year, he's going to be playing uh, for the Raptors. So that means that they're going to have to go like at least three months without him playing. And I know that people like ESPN projected the Raptors to be first this season. How does that change things? Like, I, I've never, I don't even know what a Raptors team would look like. Without DeRozan playing, I don't know for I, that long. I don't even understand like why people thought that like the. I said this. I think I said it on Twitter or maybe even on a previous podcast. But it wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious, but I just feel like this idea that you can just drop Kawhi on a team and he can just. I mean, and I'm not trying to like not Kawhi either, but it's like you have to put into context like how Kawhi's been playing, how he's been with that that team for his entire career. Like I think there's going to be even if he. Even if he starts day one, I think there's definitely going to be a transition phase that they obviously have to go through. And if you're, if you don't believe that's going to happen, then I think that's pretty ignorant of many people to believe. So I, I don't, I just don't, I don't see how that they're going to finish number one. Cause I think there's going to be a transition phase, a, a transition phase, but for, blah. I think there's going to be a transition phase between day <laughs> one to where they're like at their peak. And then in between that time, you have other teams in the Eastern Conference, the Sixers and the Celtics more specifically, who are going to find ways to win immediately. Uh. And so I honestly, I feel like the Sixers and the Celtics have a, a better, better chance of finishing with 55 to 60 wins than the, um, than, than the Raptors do. But that is not necessarily, that don't necessarily mean that I believe the Raptors will end up being lesser than those two teams. I feel like they're all, once the Raptors kind of figure out everything, especially because they also have new coaching as well. So once the Raptors kind of fi- fill, figure out everything and they fill each other out, then they'll be where they need to be at, you know, talent-wise and, and being on the same page. But I just don't see how that team is going to come out the gate and be just as good as Philly and or Boston. That doesn't make any sense to me. Not even that. Even when Kawhi comes back, like, I don't know, it could be months before they even get the ball rolling. And because... He's not going to be training with training camp. He's not even going to get reps in preseason. Like, the team is going to learn how to play without him. And then just to reintroduce him to the lineup. He's a talented player. I'm sure he'll make it work. But it's a matter of how fast, right? We saw fucking LeBron, the greatest player in the planet, struggle with that the last few seasons. Like, deep into January and February. And he had the entire season to work on that stuff, right? To go through the going pains, to learn what works, what doesn't, what lineups are the best and aren't. So to start doing that at January and then expect to somehow make it out the East. And this is a season where they're going all in trying to convince Kawhi that this is the city to stay in. Even though, like, he's being pulled in a lot of different directions. I don't know, man. I just, I don't feel bullish on it. Even if they land, like, third or fourth, I wouldn't be surprised. I am pretty optimistic on the Wizards this year. And I don't know if it's just because Dwight went there. But I could see them sneaking into the third spot and the Raptors dropping down to fourth. Uh, is 
If if everybody was healthy, I think the Raptors would take first, but things aren't that way, unfortunately. Also, real quick, Glow, how is he still injured? I don't know. Is this like another injury? How could he possibly be injured for this long? It's been like since last year in the playoffs. It's been over a year, and he's been out. Well, he got he got re-injured during the middle of the season. But he he really wasn't getting much time, and you would think that there was so much wear and tear that like it just took him out again. And I know this the medical staff was rushing him out, but god damn, bro. I mean, on, I mean, again, I, I mean, I was he gonna, was he was he played nine games and then got re-injured again. You think he should have like not played those? <laughs> yeah, general? I don't. I don't think he should have. Like, I don't. Again, I'm nobody doesn't necessarily know what what happened because like there's been a lot of yeah back yeah. and forth. But I mean, I just don't. I think the whole thing about just rushing him back on the court didn't make any sense to me. If I was, if I'm a Spurs fan, I don't necessarily leave out this whole Kawhi Leonard situation thinking that the Spurs did everything right because I this idea like forcing him out on the floor didn't make any sense to me at all, especially if you're a team. That a desperately needs a lottery pick to kind of recalibrate where you are right now and add some more pieces to the roster, and b it's not like that was a team even if Kawhi was healthy that was legit going to be, you know the the best or the second even I mean I would even argue depending on who who was healthy and, and where certain teams were at I mean there's a possibility the Spurs last year might not even have been the fourth best team in the Western Conference so I just I just don't see how. Why, why forcing him out there made any sense, but I mean, I think y'all, I think y'all be fine though this upcoming season is just depending on how quickly Kawhi comes back because when Kawhi does get back, it may take some time, but I feel like y'all still figure everything out. I think the pieces are there. Just it's going to take some time. You'd think that after, uh, in the playoffs when he originally got injured last year, uh, he rushed himself back in or maybe the medical staff did or maybe the coaches did. I don't know who did it. But he got back out there, and then the infamous Zaza Pachip shot, and he got taken out. And you'd think after that that he'd be way more cautious about just wanting to be 100%. It's so weird because when you watch football, like a, a quarterback can have a straight-up concussion, and he'll still be like, nah, 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 I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm not not playing. And in the NBA, it's like it's such a different attitude where if even if a player looks like he could potentially be hurt, like, they, they call a timeout, they get him off the floor, and then they check everything, and they're like, ah, oh, you can't go back on. And then they make sure he's 100% before they bring him back. Then they have to work him into the lineup slowly and slowly. It's an entire process. I find it interesting. Did you read his uh, his thank you letter? Where he said thank you like eight or nine times in the span of like 200 words. Uh, he, he finally he finally said something about leaving San Antonio going to Toronto. I don't know. Did you, I'm assuming you saw it, right? I mean, but... It- he didn't really, he didn't say anything of substance. Like you said, he just said thank you. Like it wasn't like some. I, this is what he said. I've been going back and forth the last few weeks trying to figure out the right things to say. That's what he started with. You would think if you start your letter with that, that he would have something meaningful, something with relevant content, right? Yeah. But instead, he just continued to say, my family and I want to say thank you to the Spurs organization, the people and the fans. Thank you to the teammates. Thank you to Greg yeah, he just Pop. Said thank you. Thank you to the fans. Yeah, that's I mean. That's there is, I, I guess, like the the best. If you're a San Antonio fan, you'd be like, he said, there is not a more passionate or dedicated fan base than what I've witnessed in San Antonio. So maybe that's sweet, but pretty null, I'd say. And after like, after radio silence for this long, I just figured like the first thing you'd come back and say like it has to be. I was expecting a little more, maybe just me. 
I don't know. I wasn't because I don't, I mean, there's nothing that Kawhi has done over the past few months that has told us that we should be expecting anything more. I don't know, but it wasn't. He just I mean, said thank you, though. I mean, it really wasn't nothing. But that's it, though. I mean, I don't, I don't know why he doesn't have to say anything, though. He, I mean, nobody has to do anything. But like when, when he was supposed to be their future franchise player, you'd think maybe you get a little bit more from him than just a simple thank you and I'm out. And you would think, as a franchise player, that if he says he's not ready, then the Spurs would be like, "All right, cool, you're not ready." I mean, no doubt. But this is not about the Spurs organization. This is about the fans. Like, the fans lost their franchise player, the team that they're rooting for. It's going to be the first time in a while. Actually, no, because they got DeRozan. I don't think they're going to be asked. Stop, 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 stop. What are you trying to say? DeRozan. Is DeRozan a franchise player? I don't know, man. Oh, wow. This is... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't... What is what is franchise no, player mean, though? What does that mean? I think you got to be like a 93 overall to be a franchise player, bro. These are like arbitrary <laughs> metrics that you're giving. No, but when I when I say the overall, I, it's it's almost like you have to be a certain status, right? So, Don, like so, how many so franchise- Donovan Mitchell, he's a, he's a franchise player? No, no, not is yet. Is John Wall a franchise player? I mean, that's that's a gray area. You can argue yes or no, depending on how valuable he is to that team. It depends on like what we what we playing, right? If it's two K, he's like a ninety one. But if it's live, he's a ninety three, right? I think he's a ninety in general. He's a great player. He just has a lot to prove, and he hasn't done it yet. A lot like Dame and Demar. So that's. But the I, I think why. we could agree, like the Lebrons, the Russes, the Kades, the Don, Curry's, the Donovan Mitchell's. Those guys right? are all the Donovan French. Mitchell's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him there just yet. But like, he he's definitely on track. He's on track, man. Look, man, Donovan, top fifteen player in the NBA right now. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if you're being serious. Top Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, and Victor Oladipo, two fa- two favorite non-Laker players. You're trying so hard to seem like you did. You discovered Oladipo and Donovan Mitchell mad early. Lo, just you like the rest of us, man. Oh, you, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely Ola- not like the rest of you all. No, I'm not. You you are no, I'm not, more than you think, no, man. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yo, um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Demar is a franchise player. So if you're uh, again, you're not just gonna skip over what you said. Like you didn't just say it. What you said? Donovan Mitchell was a top fifteen player. Top, you know, yeah, top but you twenty. Know what? Top, I don't know top twenty. Top twenty. <laughs> that might even be pushing it, man. Jesus. Enter in, by the end of next season, he'll be a top twenty player. So he, do you do you feel like okay? So I think I think that he, he did a lot to prove himself. But there's a lot of people that's in dare I use the word overrating Tatum. He had a good playoff performance, and he even did all right during the regular season. But I mean, when 2K rated him at 87, it kind of hit me. Like people genuinely believe he's that good already. Now I, I definitely think he will that be that wild? good. Like I mean, if even if it's like a little too it high, is, yo. Or what would you rate him then? They rated Kemba Walker at 86. Yeah, he's and let me let me be clear. He's better than Kemba Walker. You think yes. his first yes. year in the NBA yes. is better yes. than Kemba Walker? Yes. Okay, so let's let's do this. And I don't know how like accurate it'll be, but if we flip positions, Kemba's on uh the Bucks, and I just pretend it makes you sense. Said Bucks I know, but they have three point guards. Or Boston. Oh, sorry, uh Boston. Let's flip positions. Both of them go on the other person's team. Does the Charlotte Hornets become a meaningful playoff team with Tatum instead of Kemba. No, but but that's not the reason why Boston was a meaningful playoff team. 
What are you, what are you saying, bro? Boston wasn't a meaningful playoff team because of Tatum. They they were they were a playoff team because of like Kyrie, Al Horford, and Brad Stevens. I would say I would say Kyrie, Brad Stevens, and Al Horford played a bigger role in them being a playoff team than Tatum. I agree. To be honest with you. Okay, so so that's what I'm trying to say. I think a lot of people are under the impression that he's already amazing. And I'm like, he's shown signs that he's going to be outstanding, but he, he hasn't yet shown outstanding. And I think year two is going to be big. That dude has a, I feel maybe a little I don't know. I don't know like, how, is an 87 outstanding though? I mean, it, again, it may be, it may be like one for, or two. For a second year I would, player? I would say, I would say more so 85-ish, but I would, I mean, if, but I think they got Kimba too high. I don't, I think that I've, I've, have I said this yet? I think those play. I, I know it doesn't mean much, but Kemba was an all star. Okay, in the East, I think I know he squeezed in, and exactly. I'd argue Ben Simmons deserved it, but he was. I think players like Kemba, John Wall. I have said this in the video. Kemba, John Wall, Gordon Hayward. Like I think those players have been like vastly overrated over the past like three or four years now. And you put John Wall in that mix? Yeah, I would. And as soon as Ben Simmons. Tatum, um, Donovan Mitchell, Vic. Like, as soon as they start popping, it's like, oh, yeah. All of those other players I just named, they're really not that good. <laughs> like, they're not. Wow. Uh, I disagree with you on that. I think that... I think a lot of people are reaching already. If And I almost feel bad for Tatum. He has so much expectations to live up to year two. And unlike Donovan Mitchell, who I think proved throughout the year... And especially in the playoffs, like even when he went Ingles, was like the whole team did great. But I think he did a good job of proving it throughout the year, and I think we'll see a better Mitchell for sure next year. But we're everyone is assuming Tatum is going to take a giant leap next year. I don't think he is. I think I think what with Tatum, I think I and I would I, let me take that back. I hope plenty of people are smart enough to understand that, like he's not like statistically speaking, he's not going to improve that much because of the team he's on. Like that team is the Celtics. The way they're structured, there's no way that anybody on that in that roster could ever average like 30 points, right? But Donovan Mitchell's in a situation to where he could potentially average around 25 to 30 points next season. And I think the reason why that is is because of the situation that he's in. Like he's on he's on a roster he's on a roster where. There's not really no other like offensive. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio, and um, Joe Ingles, they're fine. Derek Favors fine as well. But like the way that Mitchell handles the ball and he he creates and he scores and shit like that, like that puts him in a situation to be, you know, be a player who averages more points than Jason Tatum. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Tatum couldn't put up the numbers. And the same thing for like Ben Simmons either. Like the the way that they um orchestrate that offense, it puts Ben Simmons in a situation to average a lot of assists. But the way that they run offense in Utah with a lot of more ball movement, there's no way that um Donovan Mitchell and they use him more as a scorer than a facilitator. There's no way Donovan Mitchell would average that many assists. So I just I think a lot of it has to do with like the like the offense that they're set in. But like I still feel like all three of those players are fine. Like they're they're really good. And I don't. I think that so, I think that people. I think they're fine. Like I, I, I hope people don't aren't expecting that much. But eighty seven may be a little too high. But like I think like eighty five, like eighty five is fine. And I think Kemba should be like an eighty four. To be honest with you, that's Jesus, dude. Oh my God. All right. So let's pretend you're the Spurs, and you can have either DeRozan or Tatum for just this year. Who are you choosing? I might pick Tatum. 
See, that's crazy, yo. That's crazy, man. That's wild. I don't know. Floor, floor spacing and, and potentially a better defender? I might pick Tatum. I think I think DeMar is in that conversation, too. With, like, John Wall and Kimba Walker and Gordon Hayward. Like, where they, they just they just gained the status in the NBA just because there was a like a, a a group of players who never really pan out the way I, the way that they're supposed to be entering the NBA through the draft and i think those players just like they got a status Ooh. in the NBA they, i don't think DeRozan had those kind of expectations i know John Wall definitely did but he didn't but John, DeRozan, DeRozan did. didn't have them in the first like 3 or 4 years but when they start becoming more of a consistent playoff team he did when in like 2014, like five, the last after three, drafted? That's, that's the last three or four years. I literally just said the last three to four years. I don't, I don't know about that, but I can agree with John Wall. John Wall came out of Kentucky talking about he he created his own dance, his own song, just, man, all man. this hype, and I, <laughs> I was doing the John Wall in school and everything, man, listening to the track. And I was like, yo, John Wall is gonna be a killer, and then first year just. A million turnovers again. Honestly, the fact that he didn't break the turnover record was insane to me because of how much he was doing. And I was playing fantasy basketball a lot back then, so I knew just how much because I had him on my team. And he did that for a while. He never really developed a three-point shot, so I could understand that. He's still that. doing it. But he's still doing it. But not nearly as much. No, I think no. It's, through everything, it's though, he's improved much. on all that stuff. Has he? I feel, like John, I feel like John Wall gets disrespected too much by the NBA community. Does he? Like, this... I feel, I feel, like, like, I feel the exact opposite. I feel like... There's so many people who just think that John Wall should be put in a conversation of like a top three point guard, but the reality is just it's no, just no, that. No, no, no. But it, I mean, the reality is that it, there's just that many great point guards, and he's just he's so not going to be. There's Curry, there's Curry, Kyrie, Westbrook, no, Curry, Kyrie, and then there's Westbrook, and then quite frankly, and quite and frankly, you angered a lot of okay. <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a fuck what they say. And then and then after that, like. There's like a whole bunch of other people. Like I don't, I don't think the gap between Dame and John Wall is that significant. But if I had to pick one out of the two, I probably pick Dame before I pick John Wall. I might, I, I might, never. I might. It's 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 a it's a might. But but you know, you only named three. I can't, I can't think of any more. Hmm. I would put John Wall four, unless I'm missing somebody. But see, if if he's four. he's four, that's fine. But like when people think that, like you just said and say he's disrespected, like how is he disrespected? Four is fine. I, I have no I problem with like, four. I think a lot of the reason why he's disrespected is because even though he plays all right, and of course he's had health issues, he, he's never really had any good performances in the playoffs. And maybe no, not maybe. Definitely part of that is his fault. But I also think I would say a majority of that is management's fault for not building a decent team. There's a, there, no, yeah, that's the, that's the excuse right there. John Wall has a, a fine team around him. There's nothing wrong with his team. Matter what? of fact, matter of fact, let's let's pause for a second. Outside of um, what's that bum bum player name? Martian Gortat. Outside of Gortat, every other player has been improving over the past two to three years on on Washington. Bradley Beal has gotten better. Otto Porter has gotten better. Um, how even Kelly Oubre has gotten better. Everybody's gotten better and adjusted. John Kelly Wall is, John Wall is the only player over the last two to three years on that roster who has basically been the exact same player. He has flaws in his game and he has not tra- he has not adjusted his flaws or he nah, has not improved them at all, bro. I've seen too many times, bro. They be, they run a pick and roll, find Mike Scott open. He just breaks a wide open shot. 
I seen it Mike too Scott many times finished for... this year shooting forty percent from behind the arc. And Mike Scott, I, it was and an Mike, example Mike, of a player, bro. It could be more. That's okay, but that's, that, that's, that's one play. You can't tell me somebody who's shooting forty percent from behind the arc. It's his problem when because of but one play. Okay, and also, so and also I get Mike that. Scott is a he's a he's a journeyman. He's not he hasn't been a consistent theme on that team. If you want to talk about their bench being a problem, I understand that because I definitely feel like their bench could have been, or maybe um, even adjusted. coach, or, uh, or even coaching. I agree, but if if we're talking about what's holding them back, no, it's John Wall. Like he hasn't he hasn't really made uh, any massive jumps in his game. He actually shot really um really well from behind the arc this year. So let me hold back on that just a little bit. John Wall, yeah, he shot thirty seven percent from behind the arc this year. Um. And on on four on wow. on four attempts too, so it wasn't like it was on some like one three. Nah, I don't know about that, bro. We need to see the context. I need um, to know if these were open shots or. I mean, regardless of what it is, I mean, throughout his career, he definitely wasn't. <laughs> he definitely wasn't shooting. shooting the, yeah, he definitely. So there's credit there. Definitely, some players like Kidd and DeRozan just never really improved. At Jason Kidd did improve at the three pointer. You're bugging. Nah, that guy has always been an average. Average. Jason Kidd. Oh, you're yeah. fucking retarded. Anyway. I'm telling you, he's like, kids, you're deluded. You're too busy talking shit about Steve Nash 24-7. What do you mean? See, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, you think Jason... Let me pull up his number. Jason Kidd became a solid three-point shooter by the end of his career. What are you talking about? You're bugging, agent. You're bugging. You're about to go look at this man number and be like, oh, wow, Jason Kidd, he really did shoot good from three. 30, 35. Okay, there was... a. He finished what his career fuck? shooting 35% from behind the yard. What are you talking yo, about? Yo, 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 yo. Pause, pause, pause. There was a year, and it was only 51 games, but there was... Oh, no, okay. I did read it right. What? There was a 29 game... Okay, that was only 29 games. That's fine. I saw a number that said 46%. I say like, that's an all-time number right there, Jason Kidd. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you consider... That's what he, that's what, that's what he shot. To like, that's what he shot when he was traded to Dallas. So when he was traded to All Dallas, right. he shot forty six percent. Yeah, but to close his career, he was shooting like thirty five. So what I'm saying is average. That's a very average shooter in the NBA. In today's league, is average, but throughout Jason Kidd's career, that's not average. That's above average. I don't know about that, man. You might be. It is in o in o five. He shot in o five with the New Jersey Nets. He's shooting thirty six percent from behind the arc. I also need to look at uh, the quality of those shots. What does it matter? It's, it's a three. Because, if, if, okay, all right. So if you look at Gilbert across his stats, he's shooting like fucking 34, 32, 30% on threes. But we know he was a great three-point shooter. He just took a lot of very contested threes the way Harden does. I think Harden shoots like 37% or something like that. But, right? you, but, he, you, but your argument was that, that Jason Kidd was an atrocious three-point shooter. Like, you were trying to make it seem like he just trashed at the three-point line. No, like he was solid. He was, <laughs> no, he was solid to great at the three-point line. For a, ah, for a good chunk that. of his career, especially during the period that he played in, he started off really slow. But, like, no, nah, he, he was Okay, straight, so let's bro. say a player comes in the NBA low and they suck at three-point shooting. Maybe they could shoot, like, 27%. But they don't take the shot because, obviously, that's not a good percentage. Let's say 10 years from the point where they enter the NBA. Assuming reasonable growth and progression, what kind of percentage are you looking for from that player in 2018? If he came in shooting 29, 27. 27, I mean, well, I mean, bad in general. Um, I'd say like, I'd say 36. I'd be like, All right, I'm going to say as 36. long as you're like around average. I mean, that's not, that's not that big of a deal. I mean, you would, you would hope that it's on, 
you know, on as, as high as volume as it possibly can. But as long as you're, like, above average, I don't really care. I really want to get, like, a shooting coach on the podcast, man. I need to ask questions about what's happening with Markel Fultz. What does that mean for him? Players like Tristan Thompson have switched around their jumper multiple times, and they still can't shoot. Dwight Howard has done the same thing. I know Blake Griffin has done that as well, and but Blake has actually improved. So I mean, Blake, the, the big problem improved. with Blake was that he would hang, he would hang it way too long, and it would be flat. That was the biggest problem with Blake. And then he he would. But there's plenty of players who's done that who had like decent shots, like Matt Barnes. But I think I think bigs are a little different though. You can't with bigs. I think you have to be a little bit more. Precise, and you had to be a little yeah, bit more textbook. Matt Barnes and Blake like the same fucking height. How the fuck tall is Matt Barnes? Matt, you're fucking. You're, you're just OD. Matt Barnes is like <laughs> I gotta, I Matt Barnes is like a height, small man. forward. Like he's like he's like six eight. I know, but he I, he would often stretch like power forward, man. So that makes him the same size as, as Blake Griffin. He's six seven. Blake, if Blake Griffin's like six ten, ain't he? That's like a three inch difference. Stop, low. Come on, man. <laughs> Bro, cut it out. That's a significant difference. Anyway, going back to what we were saying. I don't. I think that Tatum it has a potential. I think really all, a lot of younger players has a potential, like to really take a, a solid next step. But I feel like with with I, f- I feel like with um with players within that Celtic situation, and even even in players in the um and just really in any situation, I feel like you, you're not going to see a massive jump in the numbers. But if if I am a team, even if it's for a year, but especially. If it's like further than a year, I might actually have, I might actually would rather have for this upcoming season a player like Donovan Mitchell or Tatum over a player such as DeMar DeRozan. If you ask me two years from now, the answer might be different, but I think it's crazy someone would say not DeRozan if they were given that choice. Like, I, I don't see how that, just offensively, how versatile DeRozan is. Dude is a magnet. Requires double teams, and I know he's not as he doesn't have the physical required. attributes of Tatum. I mean, he yeah, he does. I don't know about require, the, but they they may they may put he it require, on him. If you one on one DeRozan, he will sauce you. Unless it's the playoffs, I don't know about that, man. But in the regular season, he will sauce you one on one. Period. You got to call the double team. They do it every time he plays. And I, you don't watch the games, though. There's never a game where he's not getting doubled every time. So I think a lot of the times people see DeRozan and they're like. First of all, it's an unorthodox game. He doesn't really shoot much threes. And when he does, bro, I hold my breath because I don't trust his shot. Sometimes he, there was a game in the playoffs, though, where he was just chucking up air balls and just throwing them up, man. And I was, man, I almost wanted to stop being a Raptors fan when I seen that. But I don't A lot of people, I really hope DeRozan goes crazy on the Spurs, man. It's Greg Pops last year, likely. So uh, there's a lot to learn, and I'm sure he will. I've never met... I've never, I haven't seen too many players join that system and then just not have it work out. So if they traded for him, they probably have a plan for how they want things to work out. And they also got Pirtle, which is cool because a couple years ago they lost Boban, and uh, I feel like he was a he was a steal. They had him for a bargain. Anyway, Lo, there was some interesting news I wanted to get your take on, man. You might have seen it on Twitter. So uh, Michael Porter Jr. was out there taking shots at individuals. He liked to tweet on Instagram saying that Luka Doncic is overrated. And so immediately, if I'm Luka, I'm cheese. What do you mean I'm overrated? This is coming from a guy who who really hasn't proven anything yet, aside from the fact that he has potential. And that goes for a lot of rookies. So uh, 
he replied. He quoted that tweet and replied, MVP of EuroLeague can't be overrated. An injured player who has not played five college games can be overrated. That wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't Luca as a side note. That wasn't Luca who said that. Well, that was Dino. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Um, I need your take. Yo. And he's a player for Real Madrid. I don't know who he is, but I assume he played for Luke's team. Yeah, but yeah, he got to chill out. Um, what's what's my man name? Uh, Dino. No, 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 no. Michael Porter. Oh, I'm about to say he he hasn't he hasn't done anything. I don't I don't know. Michael Porter Jr. is about to come into a, a a league where there's like a lot of young players who are actually balling out their mind, and he's. I don't think he has like high expectations because of the injuries, but like he's definitely set to be a player and a lot of people have kind of hyped him up to a point where if he's not if he's not good then it's gonna it might be a problem but who knows but i just i just feel like yeah he gotta be he gotta be careful on what he's saying because um it could definitely be a problem but technically he didn't really say anything he just he liked the instagram post yeah you still don't need to like that bro just just chill out <laughs> do you watch your league i haven't literally i don't think maybe like a, i watched one video i think in my life of your league Maybe seen a couple clips on Twitter every once in a while. No, I don't. Do I watch Euroleague? No, I don't. I don't watch Euroleague. That's that's a real question, man. I don't watch college. <laughs> so so why <laughs> why would I watch Euroleague if I don't watch college? I'm, I'm trying to gain some context for my man's Dino over here. Apparently, he's. I don't know. I'm trying to learn about him. You see what I'm saying? Uh, the tweet blew up, and I guess it's cool. Go out to support your teammate. Hopefully, Luca can swing you like. 50,000 when he makes it to the NBA and gets that big check. You know, take you out on a nice little vacation. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was really funny. I, I, I enjoy that players are being more open on social media, man. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., bro, feel free to like any and all posts. All right? If you like the post, they just like the post. It's simple. I think a lot of people are always worried about what people are going to say or think or what this media is going to say about that. Uh, they just kind of seize up. Honestly, I'd be surprised, honest, if Luca didn't talk to Dino about this at some point. Like, I'm sure they had they have a Discord chat with all their teammates, and they'd be in there sometimes in the voice chat, just talking shit about some NBA. This man said a Discord chat. I don't know. <laughs> you don't think? No, so? No, I don't. I, I think it'd be interesting to see what what Luca's <laughs> gonna do, though. I think there's a lot of people who I think they are overrating Luca right now. Let me keep it a buck with name you. some. I think almost every ESPN analyst right now was overrating Luca. Like the fact that they have him like number one, like to like win um rookie of the years. I don't know, and I think the margin was pretty significant too. Like I'm not saying Michael. Oh, I seen that. Yeah, I don't think Michael Porter Jr. has to like win it. I definitely don't think he's gonna win it either. Well, especially because they said he's not gonna play. So I don't. I mean, obviously he's not gonna win it. And I don't. I'm not even saying like like Trey Young. I'm not even gonna say anything ridiculous. And I don't even think that. I don't even go as far as saying if he does win it, it wouldn't be that surprising. I just don't think that the um the gap between him and everybody else should be so significant to the point where it's like a clear cut that he should win it over DeAndre Ayton this early. I don't know. I just feel like there's other other players who look who look pretty solid and who look like they they they're poised to um put up really solid numbers. Shout out to Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox actually is my my rookie of the year selection. Kevin Knox on the team with no um Porzingis until like January. Yeah, he might he might be he might be putting up them numbers, yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. 
Or he might get exposed for being a phony. One of the two, right? Yeah, he could. But I just, if, if I had to pick somebody right now, it'd actually be Kevin Knox, not Luka Doncic. And on top of that, Luka's going to be in a system where he's not, I don't think he's going to be putting up ridiculous numbers. Like, Luka would have to come out and, like, legit be so dominant that, um, what's, what's the coach name for the Mavs? Um, Rick Carlisle. He would have to, like, legit just restructure the offense midseason and be like, oh, wow, I can't. We're going to have to definitely utilize him more often. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it would have to be pretty significant. I don't think that's going to happen, though. So, if, if I had to pick if I had to pick somebody, I'd actually go with Kevin Knox. I don't know, man. I feel like Dallas might surprise us. And do they what? Got, and do what? And do what? And do what? I don't win 30 hey, games? Hey, anything, win 30 games? Anything can Stop. happen, man. They're not making anything the playoffs. They're happen. not making the playoffs. I mean, the other option is just bomb again and get another draft pick. But how long do you do that for? Eventually, like you have to win games and put shit together. I mean, you you can you can win games. I even go as far as saying this: they could probably win forty two games. It's still not going to be enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's really close in the West. Ah, man, it's so unfair how the West is, bro. It really hurts, man. I actually think if the Mavericks were in the East, they they might actually make the playoffs. Actually, I still don't think they'll make the playoffs, but you got it. Maybe I give them like a fifty percent chance if they were in the East. But we would have to see how that team works out or if DeAndre could even play in a system that isn't uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, well, he's just um, picking roles. Jalen Brown, Brown was wilding out, man. Yo, CJ McCollum's podcast must be blowing up because all the NBA players have been there. Jalen Brown was on that podcast, and you might have heard he made a pretty bold statement about what's going to happen next year. He said, and I quote, Oh, we're going to the finals, no question about it, on uh, his pull-up podcast. And then he followed up saying, I hate how everybody's like, oh, LeBron's gone in the East. I know he did have a stronghold on the East for the last seven years, but he barely got us out there this year. And our mindset was like, man, he's not beating us again. So he's, I mean, I would too. If, if Based on how last year went, with everybody healthy, I'd be thinking the exact same thing. But I feel like that unnecessarily puts all this pressure on the Celtics now, now that he said that. Every time he has a bad game or they lose a game, he's going to hear about it and people are going to quote this exact tweet. Uh, it's not a tweet quote from the podcast, but why? Why put yourself through that, man? I don't even really, really think it's that crazy of a like. Are, are they not poised to be? Who do you think is going to be like right now? Who do you who do you think has the best chance to make it out the East? Uh, I don't know because I would have to wait. It's to a, see how Kawhi it's is a, it's in a Celtics. It's a Celtics. Even with, even I'd have to wait even, to see how Kyrie. even with Kawhi there is a Celtics. If you're telling me Kyrie's going to be healthy, where's the Celtics, bro? It's and, and I, to be honest with you. I think the Sixers are obvious. I think both the Sixers and the, the the Raptors can give them like some some problems, but like nah, bro, it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be the Sixers. Like the Sixers, they have the talent, they have the depth, they have the coaching. Wait, the Sixers? I mean, I'm the um Celtics. They have the the six. <laughs> the Celtics have the uh, coaching. They have the players. They have the depth. Do you remember last year, though? I just want to remind you. There was a moment after the first round was over. I think the 76ers were playing the Heat, and they won by five. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. There was a moment where the 76ers. Everybody believed that they were poised to make the Oh, finals. yeah, I was one and of the people. people like Stephen I was A. one of the people. Yeah, so it wasn't just you. It was plenty of people. Stephen A was on the air, and he, he pretended like he never said it now, but I definitely remember, and the video is still up on ESPN's YouTube page, uh, saying that, yo, this is the team that's going to make the— And he, you know Stephen A. He comes in there all confident, like he knows what the fuck the future's going to look like. And he came out here making <laughs> all these predictions. That's that same team, yo. And but, but the, now but that the, they lost— The problem is, is that— 
that was the, I think a big reason why, at least for me, why I thought that they were really, really in good standings to make the finals was not just because of talented, ta- how talented they were, but because the rest of the East. Cause I didn't think LeBron was going to make the finals. And on top of that, I didn't think that the Celtics were going to make the finals because the Celtics, they were missing their two best players. And so there was only as far as, I mean, I, I thought, I honestly thought, I was like, man, they, they're going to, there's no way that the Celtics are going to be able to, I mean, there's no way the Sixers are going to be, no, I'm, I'm bugging. There's no way the Celtics are going to be <laughs> able to beat the Sixers because if the Sixers, all Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have to do is just dominate and not even dominate outrageously, just put up really good numbers and they'll be fine. But then this man, Ben Simmons, put up one point for an entire game in, in the rest of history. So it's, it's, yeah. And, and even be honest with you, and we, I mean, even we said it when it happened as well. It's not like those series, those games in the series weren't close. Like they, they had a, a few moments in the, in the clutch where they kind of fumbled the ball literally and they kind of gave up some games. And so that, that kind of put them at a bigger disadvantage in the series. But if you're telling me Kyrie's going to be back, Hayward is going to be there. They're going to have more flexibility in the lineups that they can run. They're going to take Aaron Baines off the floor, which was a huge mismatch for them. When they were matching up against LeBron, and I feel like he did all right. Relax, he did. He, all right. he did all right. I'd rather have Aaron Baines than Greg Monroe. I'll put it like that, that. I mean, that's fine, but I'd rather have Al Horford at the five and Tatum at the four than have Baines out yeah. there. And so if you and then and, and then if they had Marcus Smart and Baines, and then Terry Rozier wasn't knocking out his shots, spacing was at an all time low. Those are things that are just. I mean, they're just not going to happen when Kyrie and Hayward's yeah. out there. So yeah, he was a bucket that last game. Yeah, with Kyrie, I agree with you on that. Okay. So I mean, if you- yeah, they they are they they have the great. But again, it's all hype. If the first if the if the season begins low and the Celtics drop twelve of their first twenty games for whatever I was reason, about to say that's even- outrageous. If they go if they go eight and twelve, <laughs> all right, okay, holy fine, shit. fine. Let's say they let's say they start <laughs> ten for ten. Okay. Twelve. That'd be crazy. <laughs> All right. Let's say they go ten for ten. The hype that they kind of formed last year by making it so close, almost making it to the finals, is gonna be gone. The same way that the 76ers hype was gone gone when they almost got swept in the playoffs, and I think they dropped in five games. So it's really just a matter of hype. If the, if the Wizards come in and they start the season off dominating, everyone's going to be like, whoa, the Wizards in the finals? Now without LeBron, is it clear I le- the Wizards? I, le- I learned my lesson last hype. year. I'm going to stop doing that. Because last year, I remember when when the Pistons were were dominant. And I said that before the season started, I was like, yeah, the Pistons going to be trash. And then they were they were solid in the beginning. I was like, oh, wow, the Pistons actually look pretty good. And then they went right back to being trash. And I was like, oh, there, there you go, right there. I'm not going to yeah. overreact to the, the first 20 games this year like I, like I did last year. I'm just not going to do it. But I, I don't know. I just I feel Yo, like the Celtics. I, I just don't see them. I don't really see a lot of teams struggling in the East. To be honest with you, especially because LeBron is now out. So I, I, think, I mean, somebody has to struggle. I mean, to get a I mean, win, you know, you know, it's like not the top four to five teams. I don't see them struggling. To be honest with you, is it just me when a season begins? I don't know why, because it's statistically impossible or near impossible. But like, let's say the Raptors start four for zero. In the back of my mind, I'm like. Yeah, they're going. They're going all the way. Like you know, like it's like it's the NFL, and I can somehow pull off a sixteen and zero if you just go eighty two and zero. In my mind, I just believe yo, know, they won the first four. They're gonna win the rest of the games. The other seventy eight is gonna be light. I don't know if there was ever a team to do it though. It would be Golden State if they went try hard all regular season. What, what team? So they do what have what that team you think there's gonna be this year though? What team you think is gonna like 
kind of pop up out the blue in the beginning part of the season, and then like everybody's going to overreact, and everybody's going to be like, "I think it's going to be Orlando." It's Orlando a lot. Orlando and Memphis do it a lot every year. I think it's going to be. I so, think it's either going to be Chicago or the Suns, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh my god, those young players look so good!" Ah, and everybody's going. to I can't see the Suns. Everybody's going to lose their mind. Everybody's going to be like, they're going to be <laughs> sucking off DeAndre Ayton, and they're going to be like, "Oh my god, Ayton, you're ridiculous!" And then it's going to just it's going to fall down. Yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know if you watched my last drama alert video. This good DeAndre Ayton, first of all, I don't know if, how much 2K you follow, though. That dude is a steady 2K player. Not like I play it every once in a while because my face is in the game. No, no, no. He plays like us, like I do, like people in the 2K community. He knows how to dribble momentum, dribble momentum behind the back, all of that shit. He knows how to do all of that. So there was he hopped on Twitter one time uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was challenging all the YouTubers. And these are try-hard ass, I play park all the time ass YouTubers. And he dropped all of them off. And they would come around to play twice and three times. And it wasn't like he was getting carried with 99 overalls. No, 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 no. He was doing the carrying. And so I knew then that he was a good 2K player. But there was a story that dropped last week. And uh, apparently, I don't know, he might have lost an important game or something. Because he got fucking furious. He was wilding out. He broke his controller. He showed it. He's like, man, fuck 2K. He said, don't put me in your game next year. I'm suing you guys. He was wiling out, yo. I got to show you the clip. I saw, I saw, it I saw, was fucking like he was priceless. like in a dorm room or some shit like that. Yeah, 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 it. yeah, yeah. I don't, it might, it must have been an old clip. I can't imagine he's doing that now. Because he was using the N-word, the F-word. I'm like, damn, bro, you might have... You might have some sponsors, my guy. Isn't he with Puma or am I tripping? Who's with, yeah, Puma? with Puma? Yeah, Puma's gonna. Puma probably sent him a quick Puma little email like, care. yo, DeAndre. Puma doesn't care. <laughs> Puma sent him that email, man. Come on, yo. They sent Puma him that email. Puma doesn't care, bro. Maybe I. Anyway, I found it funny. I've, he's he's the most likable NBA player for me out of all the rookies. Mm. Yeah. I feel like 2K gave him a fantastic Trey Way? Just I'm gonna go with Trey Young. Trey Way? Yo, they gave that guy a 0% chance that, that he was crazy. To get that was wild. That was so wild. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's disrespectful as hell. Even though I think he's going to be a bust. That's, that's disrespectful as fuck. Damn, bro. You just... Huh? I said I said, I, I said this is already as well. I said him and Luca have like the highest bust potential, in my opinion. Damn, man. How are you going to say giving him a 0% chance for Rookie of the Year is disrespectful? But, hey, guys, I think he's going to be a bust. No, I'm, well, let me rephrase. I think he has the highest chance of being a bust. I don't I don't know if he's going to be one, though. But I mean, obviously, nobody yeah, knows. Yeah. Unless you're God, low. Well. In which case, you probably do I'm, know. I'm, I'm close to it, but I'm not, I'm not there yet, man. <laughs> you're a human being. You're like the rest of us, man. Anyway, that's, that's really all the news there was, Lo. Uh, we can end the podcast right here. I love this length. I love it. I love nah, it. I love nah, it. No, this is what we're going to end it on. So, and yeah, no, 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 no. This, no, this is what we're going to end it on. I got one more. One more oh, topic. okay. Okay. What you got? So, over, it's been about, you know, the last week in the NBA community, there's been a conversation of who is <sighs> the greatest scorer of all time or where do you rank scorers, right? And what is that? What is the score? That's the, okay. Thank you for asking that question because that's the question I have as well. Because I put on, I put a poll on Twitter about like who's a better score between Shaq and Dirk, right? I saw that. I voted Dirk, but I don't know why. I kind of just wanted to see what everyone else voted and Dirk won in a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know about Lane. It was it finished up being like fifty nine forty one something like that. But like four thousand people voted, oh, okay. so it was it was a, a pretty big poll, right? And the reason why I, the reason why I put that poll out is because I wanted to kind of prove a, a point that I think a lot of people were overlooking, right? Because I felt like a lot of people were just saying LeBron is a better scorer than a lot of other players because they're just looking at LeBron being you know, like more efficient than everybody else and putting the ball in the basket. So in my opinion, this is just my opinion, and but I think it is a fact though, but this is just my opinion. <laughs> if you, It's one thing to just be like one-dimensional, right? And being able to put the ball in the basket and be extremely efficient while doing so. And so for some people, if you do that, you're a better scorer than somebody else who's multi-dimensional at scoring, but is less effective than what you're doing, right? So, for example, Shaq and Dirk. Shaq, technically speaking, despite the fact that he can't shoot threes and he's a terrible free throw shooter, is still more efficient than Dirk is. His effective field goal percentage and his true shooting percentage is still higher than Dirk. That's how that's how effective and efficient Shaq is at the two to three post moves that he has. And that's not me, you know, embellishing Shaq or exaggerating. Shaq even says it himself that he he had two or three moves. And every now and then he may do a little something else, but really with just two or three moves, as close he could get as close he could get to the basket. But the reason why he was able to get away with that because how dominant he was, right? Whereas Dirk, he has a plethora of moves. He has a face-up game. He can space the floor out to the three. He can post up. He can post fade. He can hit you with an up and under. Like he, he is a whole bunch of moves that he has, but technically speaking, he's not as efficient as Shaq is. Despite the fact that he can shoot threes, shoot the free throw. But it's pretty obvious though, right? Dirk just takes higher difficulty shots. Like a post up is the worst shot in basketball, according to the mathematician himself, Mike D'Antoni. But and, that's uh, what, but that's what Shaq, but Shaq is, Shaq is posting up too though. No, but I'm talking about the fade. If if you're doing a drop step and you get a dunk, and if you're as big as Shaq, like he he takes high percentage shots. When Dirk fades from the high post and he throws his knee up, that's not a good shot at all. It's just he's incredibly good at it. So he's he's the one player in the NBA where the coach wouldn't fucking fire you for taking that shot consistently, at least, right? Just I think Shaq just takes better, more efficient shots. I don't think that he's more efficient. I just think the shots that he takes. Or better. It's kind of like saying, I don't know what DeAndre's numbers are. You could dive into it if you want, but he just takes good percentage. He's always dunking the but ball see, off. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go that deep into it because that would be that that would be a bit. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to be that much of a dickhead. Like I didn't want to be like, well, DeAndre. If DeAndre posted up, you know, fifteen points and. Malcolm Brogdon only posted up 14 points with Brogdon is shooting threes and making free throws. Are you telling me now that DeAndre Jordan before that one game was a better scorer than Brogdon? Like something like that. Like to me, it's not just about the ability to put the ball in the basket because if we're referring to scores in general, all of them are putting the ball in the basket. It gets to a point where you have to understand the level of difficulty between one score to another. And if one score is able to give it, give you more points or give you points in various ways, in a variety of different ways, then I think that that other score would be, he'd be better. He'd be a better score. He'd just be labeled as a better score. But if you're telling me if, and if that's the case, and from what people are saying on Twitter, 
Because again, if you voted for Dirk, technically speaking, you're, you agree with being able to just be a more well-rounded score is a better, uh, a better way to define a score than being a more dominant score. Then Kobe would be a better score than LeBron. And so would Kevin Durant. I think some of it is intangible, though. When you think of a scorer, and maybe people have different definitions, but I think of a person who could take over a game offensively. And so you can look at the advanced stats and dive deep, and if you look at this stat, then this guy's a better scorer than this guy. But in reality, like if if there's like one quarter left and you're down 10 and you need to drop buckets, a scorer is someone you can rely on to do that consistently. And you don't have to be 100%. Nobody ever is. But when I think about, like, just Kobe and whether he's hitting you in the high post, he's throwing it off the backboard, catching it himself, or taking those wildly contested three-pointers that somehow find a way in the basket, that's a great score. But if you dive deep, he's, he's not going to be as efficient as a lot of other players. Does that make him a worse scorer? Are you a better scorer now if you hit a higher percentage of your shots? Well, in that case, if we're focusing on percentage, then LeBron also isn't the highest so the best quote-unquote scorer. First of all, I think a lot of people have different definitions for what a scorer is. And I also think that a lot of people have bias. And they're really just trying to use any fact or statistic to try and support their argument. When in reality, they should be using facts and statistics to help build an argument. You know? So anyway, I think it's, I, I think it's definitely subjective. There's no real way to come up with an objective list for what a score is, unless you come up with an entire algorithm low for like ranking what's ranking a list of things like uh, percentages, or you can even dive into advanced stats. The way, like, do you remember a few years ago in Jalen Rose's podcast when he was trying to rank the best backcourt in the NBA, and he literally came out with a formula that he used to help make it so that he wasn't just making things up based on personal preference? You'd have to come up with something like that, but way more in-depth. And, uh... Who do you think, Lo? Did you answer? Who do you think is a better scorer, Shaq or Dirk? I think Dirk is, but I but I understand both sides of the argument. I just feel like if we're talking about scorers, I, I think you had to take into account how people are are getting their buckets. And if you're telling me, because I and, and to even answer the original question, because I think the the original statement came from Iguodala, if I'm not mistaken, he was highlighting how great of a, a scorer Dirk. I mean, um, not Dirk. Um, Kevin Durant is and he was saying how Kevin Durant is one of the greatest scorers of all time because he's able to do XYZ and I think he even said he's like one of the top five scorers of all time if I'm not mistaken I could be I could be wrong though but, but he said that because like is that crazy but see I, I don't th- I don't think it's say. crazy either but then obviously once you know you know how LeBron fans get as soon as somebody is you know highlighting somebody else it immediately becomes a competition between that person and LeBron and in my opinion, LeBron is not the same score as Kevin Durant. Like he's just not. Like Ke- I don't even think that should be a conversation. Like, to me, it, to be it shouldn't be either. Like Kevin Durant is coming off of seasons where he's a borderline 50-40-90 player. Like LeBron has never even been in that conversation to be that efficient, especially at the same volume that Kevin Durant is posting up. And for the people out there, that's a good point. You brought up free throws yeah. there. That's a really good point nobody thinks about when it comes to scoring. Just free points. If you if you're literally tired, because if, if the argument for for LeBron is like just putting the ball in the basket, well, when LeBron is on the free throw line, he don't put the ball in the basket. And on top of that, Kevin Durant is just a he's a more he's just 
And, and what's here's another thing that's crazy though. If we're looking at effective field goal percentage, I don't know about true shooting percentage, but I I believe with effective field goal percentage, LeBron is more efficient than Durant though. But if I take into account how they get in their buckets and how they scoring, no nah, man, like LeBron, he's just not he's just not as effective. He's just not a, he's just not more he's not as fluent as Kevin Durant. And so when I take into account that Kevin Durant is not only knocking down three pointers but mid range jumpers, getting to the basket. Posting up, dribble, dribble, pull up, like all that stuff. Nah, like, man, this man Kevin Durant got a, a pull up Jimbo that's out of his world and it's ridiculous that he's seven foot and he's able to do that shit. And affected, like, they, their effective field goal percentage is like literally 0.4. That's another thing about LeBron fans. Y'all gotta stop doing LeBron fans. Y'all, y'all gotta stop debating 0.5%. And, and then, like, making that your argument. Because literally, LeBron fans were on Twitter, like, the past week saying that, well, technically speaking, if you look at their effect, the field goal percentage is higher for LeBron and it's Kevin Durant. And it's like, it's by .4. Like, if you're arguing off of .4 and, the, the, and you put into a factor that Kevin Durant is literally shooting all over the place where LeBron is rarely attempting a mid-range jumper. The fact that Kevin Durant is attempting more mids, which is literally the least efficient shot in the game. After postcard. But at, yeah, but like he's attempting literally one of the least efficient shots in the game. And he's nearly just as efficient as LeBron, who's like attempting, if I'm not mistaken, like LeBron is attempting um like 40 to 45% of his shots inside the lane. Like it's not even close. But when you take into consideration free throw percentages, which would be true shooting percentage, Kevin Durant has a higher true shooting percentage than LeBron. Like, it's, it's just facts. And you have to take, again, there's so many other things you have to take into consideration, such as the team that they're playing on. People were saying that, oh, well, Kevin Durant, he didn't average as many points as LeBron did, like, this year. And it's like, bro, he's on a team where he's not going to average that many points. That's just a fact. Well, also, to, and it's to and, all, and, and also wait, let me say this real quick. And it's also guess what? It's one point. Again, y'all are making your argument all based off of one point, as if Kevin Durant has never had a season where he's been putting up thirty. Like Kevin Durant's led the NBA in scoring four times. This idea that he has to go out there and prove that he can score thirty points a night, man, shut the fuck up. This man, look, Kevin Durant has legitimately had seasons. Where he's either A, 50, 40, 90, or being a 50, 40, 90 player, scoring over 25, 28 points on a night-to-night basis. Like, fuck out of here with that. Yeah, but uh, when you take it in context how LeBron gets his buckets, especially when he's with the Cavaliers, a lot of it is just he's doing it by himself. Maybe coming off the screen every once in a while, but it's a lot of ISO. Kevin Durant works... In motion with what the Golden State Warriors have going, and you could argue he was doing okay. I'm about when to say when he if, if, here's the thing, I would agree with you. If if Kevin Durant had played like that his entire career, then we can may have a we may have a conversation there. But the fact that Kevin Durant was doing this in OKC with worse spacing and a point guard and Russ who didn't pass it to him that as much as a lot of people believe that he should have passed it to him, the fact that. Kevin Durant was leading the NBA and scoring four times, three of which in a row. And the level of efficiency that he had, man, no, nah, he's a, he's a, but Kevin Durant is, is, is unbelievable. And LeBron, 
if you look at LeBron since he's been in Cleveland, the amount of it's just he's been since he's been back in Cleveland, forty one percent of his shots are zero to three feet from the rim. He's literally attempting forty one percent of his shots underneath the basket. That's not a knock on him, but that's just a fact. And if you can't accept the fact that majority of his shots are coming underneath the rim, which is a huge reason why he's shooting a higher field goal percentage, like something is wrong with you. Like I just I don't know how to have that conversation with you. And if you put that in comparison with Kevin Durant, the highest, like the, the highest percentage of his shots coming underneath the rim was this year in Golden State, and it was 26%. Kevin Durant has never eclipsed 30%. Majority, 35% of LeBron, LeBron James shots throughout his entire career are underneath the basket. Kevin Durant has never even eclipsed 26 So again, this idea, like, we're not going to take into account where people are shooting the basketball and the errors and what you're playing in because people are are shoving, um, Kobe's percentages in people's face. I'm like, bro, Kobe played on teams where there was no spacing. He's shooting mid range jumpers in and out of the post. You're not about to sit here and tell me that Kobe not a, just, he, he shouldn't be at least in the conversation. Like, cut the fucking shit. But, uh, who's a, who's a greatest score of all time to me? I'm going to have to say, I'm still going to say MJ, but I don't think, like you said earlier, I don't think it's that crazy to say that Kevin Durant should not be in that conversation. I'll go as far as saying Kevin Durant might be number two in that conversation, to be honest with you. Kevin Durant might be the second greatest scorer. Is Allen Iverson on any of these lists of effective or true shooting percentages? Mm, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if nobody's ever like pulled it up, but you can just look it up. Because right, I'm just saying, we got a list of top 10 scorers. A man has to be on there. Period. I just feel like, I mean, personally, Kevin Durant might be the second greatest um scorer of all time. Honestly, part of me was thinking while you were talking, like he might even be first. But yeah, top three for sure. He might. Hey, well, hey, maybe I'm, not. We'll sure. keep it all the way above. He might be number one. I mean, we gonna be, we gonna people are gonna people are gonna hate that. We, bro. we, gonna, we gonna keep it honest. <laughs> I just I That's, just don't. Just I facts, mean, I, I think MJ is great. Obviously. But I'm gonna keep it a bug, which I ain't, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen in my life. I don't think there ever will be anybody in my life. That man Kevin Durant is legit seven feet tall, dribbling, handling the ball and pulling up the way he pulling up and is efficient from literally every aspect on the floor. Like literally. Do you remember it clicked for me, not this playoffs, but the one before when they won their championship. It, when, when he was hitting those big shots to close the game late. And I was just thinking, like, part of me obviously wanted the Warriors to lose because it's the fucking Warriors. But, man, I couldn't help but get excited and amazed when he was hitting some of those shots. And it, it just kind of hit. Like, that's a guy who's any, – any person who can lead the league in scoring that many times. And then, to be honest, he can do it forever if he wanted to. But he's willing to take a back seat. And a lot of people forget, like, he was a leader. A lot of people think OKC might have had Russell Westbrook was a team. No, no, no. Kevin Durant was the main guy in OKC. Russell Westbrook was working his way towards it, of course. Fantastic player, and he developed a lot over his years there. But if you think for even a split second that Kevin Durant wasn't going to drop buckets just because Westbrook's no longer on the team, then you, you're bugging, man. Just He has so much advantages no players can match. Dude is seven foot, wingspan seven foot, shooting over top players with a clean-ass release. On top of that, he can hit you in the high post fade. Damn it, if you throw him in the low post, I'm sure he could drop step a couple guys too. 
I like you talk about Shaq doing two or three moves. There's guys like Zebo who do exclusively one fucking move all the time. Kevin Durant has all of the moves. I don't know a move Kevin Durant doesn't have. And I guess the same goes for Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan never had that same length. And I don't know if you could really hold that against him. But I'm just saying, when you watch Kevin Durant, sometimes you get the, you get the feeling when he does a pull-up jumper 15 feet away that it's just unstoppable. You can't do anything to stop this guy. How, how could you find a guy? You'd have to find a guy with like a nine-foot wingspan to stop this not, guy. It's not even really the link. It's just, it's like, really, it's a three-ball. I think that even if you were... But that the three-ball is good because he could shoot over top people, and that's because it'll... I mean, yeah, true, true. But I just, even if we were to, like, believe that if Jordan played in today's league and he would adjust to today's game to be more efficient from three, I don't think that he would be shooting 40%. I don't don't think he'd be shooting as as good as um, as KD. But also keep this in mind, too. And this this is, I'm I'm looking at it right now. I didn't even notice this. From everywhere on the floor, outside of, obviously, from behind the arc, but from everywhere from within the three-point line, Kevin Durant, does not shoot for his career, does not shoot below 43%. Everywhere. A- everywhere. Like, I love Kobe. There's years where Kobe is shooting like 43% from the field. There is not a place on the floor where Kevin Durant throughout his career shoots below 43%. Not a place. That cannot be said about LeBron. I don't even think the debate is about LeBron, bro. I'd say... We were arguing Jordan, Durant, right now. I don't think I think Jordan's a better scorer than LeBron. Matter matter of fact, let me say this. Matter of fact, LeBron from three feet all the way to right before you get to the three point line. LeBron shoots under 43 percent in every like basically everywhere in the mid he shoots under forty three percent, and there's certain places from ten to sixteen feet and from sixteen feet to to the three point line. He shoots thirty six and thirty eight percent from the field. Like there's nowhere. Yeah, what what fucking website? It's are all, you on, it's, man? All, it's all on basketball <laughs> reference. There's literally nowhere oh, on God the damn. floor with within the three point line where Kevin Durant shoots below forty three percent. That is amazing. And then obviously from behind the arc, he's shooting thirty eight percent for his entire career. Thirty eight percent. Kevin Durant legit might be the greatest scorer of all time. Like that's uh, it, like I. I I kind of want to wait. Like we gotta wait a few years. I said, but I said he he might be. I mean, he might be legit. Like I mean, I'm I still got MJ right now, just out of respect. But like, they. I mean, we might be watching like legit the greatest score of all time, and I'm not. I'm not even afraid to say it. Yeah, yeah. I wish he would go to like a garbage team and just like I need it. But he did it though. But he did it though. He did that when um Russ was hurt. I, I guess, but he wasn't. The team wasn't performing that great when Russ was hurt, and the same when KD was hurt. It was just both players were in and out the last couple of seasons. But I, I was saying, like, you know how like you, some people buy houses to renovate them and sell them. We need some NBA players to go to franchises to renovate that bitch, and then just because honestly, like that's how you prove if you can go to a garbage a garbage ass team, and then that team automatically starts playing better because your presence and how you how you orchestrate the offense and defense. Yo, listen, man. I want to see it happen. KD, be the one, bro. Get your cool little championship this year. You got your three. Go over to Charlotte, KD, and just make them a fucking finals team. Like, make them a championship. I don't think. I don't, he doesn't well, have to do that. There's no point. And on top of what. He doesn't, he doesn't that, have to do nothing. But That, I think that year where Russ was hurt, they won 59 games. So they did fine. I don't know what you're talking about. And he shot. He, he led the league in scoring with 30, 
Was that the second last year before he left, or the year before the he sec- left? Yeah, uh, it was third year before he left because he four oh. he won the MVP in twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen is when he was hurt, and then twenty sixteen was his last year. And but in twenty fourteen, where he led the league in scoring with thirty two points, which is a career high for him. Shot fifth, shot Jeez. fifty thirty nine eighty seven. Whoa, I whoa! I didn't know he ever hit thirty two. Yes. man. Was I asleep that season? God damn! Man, fuck, that's impressive, man. That's really impressive. So, again, I, I mean, I just don't know why. I don't know. But to me, if just to kind of answer the, the bigger question here, scoring, I understand it's about putting the ball in the basket and all that stuff. But, like, anybody we're having a conversation with about scoring is going to be putting the ball in the basket. That's not a... I don't even understand why that that should be even pro- be brought up in the conversation. Everybody who's going to be in the conversation of scores, that's what they do. You just got to get to a point where we can definitely talk about efficiency, but it just has to get to a point where like who's doing it in in more of a variety of a way. Because um, uh, here's here's another great example. And when we talk about greatest shooters, you're not talking about Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was a he's a great shooter, but you the reason why you're going to separate Steve Kerr from Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Dirk Nowitzki, despite the fact that Steve Kerr may have just as high as a percentage as they, they do, is because A, the volume and the level of difficulty of it. If you, if you just catch and shoot in threes, right, you're not, you're not going to be in the same level as Curry, bro. You're just not. You're not going to be in a conversation. I don't know if they'll ever be an NBA player that's on the same level as Curry. Hell, even Clay. Except Curry's kids. Curry's kids, maybe. No, no, no. Who knows, man? They went from Dell to Wardell, and now we don't know what the kid's name is. Does he have a kid? I think Curry has a kid, right? Yeah, he has a, he has a girl, though. Oh, damn. I was looking This nigga said, oh, damn. You know, like, you know, like those uh, medieval shows like Spartacus when, like, uh, a female is born, and they're like... Fuck man, it's 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 a female. It's here. <laughs> oh, that's bad sexist, yo. <laughs> yo, honestly, I'm gonna be honest, love. If I was an NBA player and I was having children and like I had like three kids and they were all girls, I'd be like, man, what the? F-? I just wanted a kid in the NBA, yo. I mean, WNBA is fine, but you know, it's nice to have somebody follow up your legacy. Oh, you know, like, like like anyway, um, like, like Gordon Hayward. Does Gordon Hayward have like three girls? Did you see or what? that shit where um his wife his wife um what's it called? It his wife his he his wife is having a child like they're having a baby and he had like a like a little reveal party thing or reveal thing where they put like the balloons in a box. Oh, I yeah, did he, see that. He got yeah. upset when he was like, "Oh, it's a, it's another girl, huh? Okay." <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Hey, Gordon Hayward, keep trying, man. Maybe seven or eight times in, you finally get the... That would be crazy if Gordon Hayward had, like, eight children just to get a girl. I mean, just to get a um, boy. (laughs) Just to get a guy. And he didn't make the NBA. Oh, I'd be so fucking pissed at that kid, man. Wow. Uh, Because at that point, he's going to grow up to be, like, seven foot. You better make the NBA at seven foot, my guy. I feel bad for tall people. They almost have an expectation, like, yo, you got to be playing basketball, my guy. You're too tall to not be playing and be good at playing, like you know, 
A lot of people are like, I wish I had your height. I would have been able to do this, this, and this. But it's like, what if he doesn't care about basketball? What if he wants to read books, you know? True. I don't know how we got to this point, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't. I don't like this length nearly as much, so I'm going to be honest with you, all right? But uh, I liked your conversation. So we'll end no, the we podcast on this We 116. Calm down. <laughs> no, nah, but I liked 50 minutes so oh much. You have no God. idea, man. All right. Um, what's your player of the pod, man? Shit, Kevin Durant. Second greatest score of all time. Wow. Mine is uh, Rudy Gay. Talking about percentages had me thinking. I ain't never seen a worse. Let me let me be careful. Wow. Just go and spit it out. <laughs> when he was, even when he left the Raptors, but definitely when he was on the Raptors, I've never seen a more inconsistent and inefficient scorer. For, for, a, guy who's, for a guy who's labeled a scorer, I've never seen a worse scorer. I'll put it like that. Because there's a lot of guys who aren't scorers. We know they're not scorers. It's not their job. But if you're on a team to score and you're bad at it, like, we got to talk, my guy. I hope he turns things around with the Spurs now, whatever. Jesus, man. He, he, he is. I'm looking he at is, a, He's my, more clutch than um, he's more clutch than Kobe, so he'll be all right. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. My background on my PC is a picture of Kobe doing a reverse dunk. And it's like Pow, Zebo, Rudy Gay are watching him. Basically, the entire... Memphis Grizzlies team from back in the day. And I'm just looking at old Rudy Gay right now. <laughs> so much potential, man. I thought he was going to be a 93 overall, bro. He done fell down. Now he's like a 76 overall. That's crazy. 93 That's overall. Crazy. Your skill is so ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> we'll catch you guys on the next podcast, man. If you guys enjoyed having already, drop a five-star rating. And uh, until the next time, peace. You're corny. You started it. But you stole it.